Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of the iOS Lead Essentials podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Kyle. And in this episode, we will share with you a story we received from an iOS developer who's worked on some bad projects and he lost his passion for programming. So our goal in this podcast is to discuss those challenges and help you find positive solutions because it doesn't matter how good you are technically. Right. If you lost passion for programming, if you lost passion for your job, if you hate your boss, if you hate the project you're working on, if you don't have influence in the team, if you're micromanaged, if you're not paid well. So hopefully we'll be able to bring some light <laughs> to those issues so you can prevent them in the first place. Or if you are in this situation, you can find your way out. Let's do it. All right. Here's the message. Last year, I had to switch companies because the iOS project was shutting down and I didn't want to do web or Android development. I have chosen a role as a contractor for the first time, but in the last four months, I had to switch three projects and found myself working on not so enjoyable code. That's the risk when you switch jobs. You may end up in a place you don't like. Yes. And that's why a lot of people don't want to change jobs. They might even accept lower pay or worse conditions just because they don't want to maybe end up in a worse place, mm -hmm. right? So this is problem number one. And the story continues. Because of that, I developed some health issues due to stress. So last week, I decided to switch again after five months, which is very unusual for me. But I had to get out of that toxic environment and find something more stable. So that's it. If you are in a toxic environment and you can leave, you should leave as soon as possible. Yes. I think that was a good call. So it continues. I accepted an offer from another company, a product company, and I'm about to start later this year. However, because I have received access to the code in advance, I could see now that the code base is not what I was told. No modularity, no tests, 44 pods, many singletons, and so on. I'm afraid I will not be happy there again. I'm afraid that I cannot adapt because I want too much. I want a nice project. Now I'm afraid to start there or to change because it doesn't look good on my CV. Right. So again, we already discussed in the other podcasts that people are afraid of switching jobs frequently because it looks bad on the CV. So they might stay in a job they don't like just to keep a CV clean with no holes. Exactly. So that's another big problem. I was even thinking about taking a break of a few months to study and search for a better project. However, financially, I'm not sure it is a wise idea to be unemployed. Another option is to work harder in my spare time while working until I find again my balance in life. Mm -hmm. So I need to be careful here because if you're already stressed and you're going to put more load on top of the current work you already have to do, maybe that's not the solution. You know, like doing more is not the solution. Right. Most of the times. When you're stressed, you need to do less. You need to reset, right? But the story continues. Because of this trouble period, I also don't feel that programming is fun anymore. Right. I was used to reading books, programming until late at night, but not anymore. And that happens when you start programming as a hobby for fun, something that was enjoyable. You have good memories. Yes. So we need to be careful not to lose the passion. Yeah. So the story continues. Maybe I had bad luck with the projects that I have chosen or didn't have the strength to adapt and I made too many changes in a short time. Each change is difficult. You need to adapt to a new culture, new colleagues, new code base, and I think it was too much now I'm afraid of making decisions. I'm not confident anymore in my ability to make the right choices for my future. Yeah. 
even if in the previous jobs I was appreciated for my work. I feel that it is harder and harder to survive in the IT field, and it is not a field for me in the long run. So he did have jobs that were good. Yeah. Right? So there is hope. There is proof that he can enjoy his work. Yes. But that's a common situation. As you progress in your career, you can reach stagnation. Exactly. Or bad luck. Or a couple cases that seem like bad luck. But, you know, it happens. Bad luck, bad decisions. Yes. It happens. Exactly. You shouldn't just rely on luck, right? Yes. You should have a plan. That's why we're creating this podcast. That's why we're sharing this content. Because I face those issues. So when I'm sharing here, like what makes me capable of talking about this is because I faced those challenges in my career. I think most of us, like, I don't Probably. want to say all, all of, of us. us, right? But I mean, you're going to go through these things. And the problem is that we are not being very vocal about them because we feel insecure when these things happen to us. And, you know, sharing them perhaps exhibits weakness. And you don't want that, you know, you don't, you don't want to other people to perceive you as weak. So you don't share them. So people don't share mm -hmm. these issues. It's very rare to have a conversation with someone about them. Yes. It's a taboo. Yes. <laughs> it is. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's taboo. So people hide it. They face those problems alone. And that's not good. That's not good at all. Mm -hmm. We receive similar messages all the time. Yep. Anonymously. Because they are afraid yeah. of exposing themselves. And that's not a problem. If you have a question like this, you can send it to us. You don't need to send your name. We're going to help if we can. Now, I want to make sure that you understand that this is not just an IT field problem. Because I have discussions like this with my friends, my family. They are in other fields. Yep. And the challenges are the same. It is not easy to find a great job you enjoy where you can grow and make good money, you know? Exactly. An enriching career is not easy. Otherwise, everyone will be having an enriching career. And that's not the case. Unfortunately, it's not the case. Yeah. So it's not easy. There is no perfect job. doesn't matter where you live. It's not country-specific. It can be harder in some countries. But we get messages from people from every possible country. Strong yeah. economies, weak economies doesn't matter yeah you know there are people sending us messages from california the biggest tech hub the biggest opportunities and they aren't happy with their job at the same time we receive messages from people they are living in small town nowhere to be found yeah and they just having a blast yeah yeah so yes it can be easy for some it can be harder for others but you can find opportunities if you plan well and you do what it takes it requires action it's not easy but it's possible but you need to take action you need to have a plan that's that's the key word here plan you know? and this is a universal problem everyone probably faces it regardless of the field yeah actually i think the it field can be easier than other fields to succeed right there are more opportunities, of course, uh, less unemployment. So booming still, yeah. even yeah. though we are in a crisis. Yes. Right. If you compare to other fields, just look at the unemployment rate. It's not even a fair comparison. Yes. So it's good to understand that it's not only you and it's not only in your country, in your city. Because when you understand that, you're not hopeless. You know that. People face those challenges everywhere. And it's not, you're not a victim of the circumstances. That's very important. If that makes sense. Yes. And that's very important to understand. Like, no, you're not a victim. And yes, it happens. It happens to everyone. And you just have to learn how to deal with it. You know, as everything else we say in this podcast, you know, like you, you can't do these things if you not learn how to do them, you know, and practice. And this is one of those cases that you need to learn how to react, how to establish a plan 
and just go after it and execute the plan. You know, like, what do you think? Like, I mean, it happened to us so many times. Like, it's going to happen, right? It's it's what? Like, you think you're not going to find a code base that is is bad or someone that is going to sell it as a good code base because most probably they don't know, right? <laughs> like, they're not in a position to evaluate appropriately the code base, right? So, or like perhaps uh, team members that uh, create a toxic environment for you. Yeah, like these things happen from kindergarten to elementary school to high school, you know, and then <laughs> to the workplace, you know, it's... It's life. It's life. That's life, exactly. And if you want things to change, it requires action. Yes. I need to take the lead. So don't feel sorry for yourself because it only makes things worse. Mm-hmm. You need to own your life. You know, I wish someone had told me this 10 years ago. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's very easy to be caught on this narrative. Yes. This negative narrative and things escalate in your head. And I'm not diminishing anything that anyone is feeling but it's very easy to get caught on the negative side and actually start having health issues as you said absolutely like i've been there i've been there you know and i had to break the cycle yep so let's break down this message and try to give answers for specific topics because it's quite a long message yeah so first of all he mentions that he switched jobs initially because the project he was working on, he enjoyed, was shut down. It happens, you know. You had a good job. You enjoyed being there. You were appreciated for a job. But it shut down. It happens. But instead of looking at the negative side, let's look at the positive. That's the proof that you can be in a place where you enjoy, where you are appreciated, and where you can do great work. Right, so you found it once, you're going to have to find it twice. That's proof that it exists. Now, if you only had bad jobs, it would be hard to convince you that <laughs> there are better things out there. Yeah. Right, so that's the first point, understanding that there is better. There is better. There are good opportunities out there. Second, he mentions that he chose a role as a contractor for the first time. And that's a big change that people don't realize going from employment to contractor yeah it's a completely different game yeah because there are a lot of risks involved in being a contractor it's much riskier than being an employee maybe as a contractor you can make more money and that's normally why people take contract jobs but it comes with some hidden costs right that when you do the actual math in a year's time in a two years time maybe you made less money so you need to be careful because a big switch. If you're always being a contractor and you become a permanent employee, that's also a big switch. It's yes. hard to adapt. Yes. Another significant thing here is like going from a good team as an employee somewhere, right? To a contracting role working in a bunch of teams. Like chances are you're gonna work with bad code, you know. So if you were used to <laughs> Working with a, a clean code base, you know, modular design, highly tested, all the good traits you're looking for in a project, then yeah, it's probably not going to be like that. And if you believe in these things, right? If you believe in professionalism and clean code, and you go somewhere that they 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 just don't have these traits, that's it's going to wreck you. It's no joke, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that hurts. Yeah, like it hurts does. bad. You know, so because the thing is when you are a permanent employee in a team of people, they are working in a project for the long term. They have a vision of working in this project for three years. The whole incentive on how they're gonna write the code, how they're gonna manage the product is very different yes. than when someone joins a team for three months in a contract project, and you know that in three months you're out. Yes. Everyone in the project knows that after three months, everyone's going to go somewhere else. So there's no long-term visibility of maintenance, of testability, or of any of that. There are yes. much less incentives to do it. Yes. Doesn't mean contractors are not doing it. I work with contractors. They join projects for one, two, three months, six months, and they do their best all the time. This is not a, how contractors don't deliver good code because they, they leave the project right. 
only in three months. No, that's nonsense. People deliver good work, great work, because they want to deliver good work and great work, regardless of the employment. What I'm saying is that there is much less incentives exactly. in a contracting position if you're going to leave in three months, because you're not going to see the long-term impact. You're not going to be part of the product enough to see mature, to understand the domain enough to create good solutions. Just do the quickest job you can and get out. That's normally what the companies want from you as well. There's incentive from the company pushing you exactly. to do the quickest job you can because they want to get you out of the payroll as soon as possible. Yeah. Because yep. your job as a contractor can be very expensive. <laughs> so there are incentives from both sides in a contracting position where usually, in my experience, it leads to worse code bases. But that's not... 100%. That's not always like that. Yeah. It depends on the company that is hiring the contractors. It depends on the contractors. And it doesn't mean that in an employment, in a permanent employment position, <laughs> yes. you would have a good code base. As exactly. Well. Exactly. The opposite. Yeah. But when I became a contractor 10 years ago, I quickly doubled my income. Or it looks like. But I was probably working triple the time. Right. So did I increase my hourly rate? Probably not. I also work on many projects, so it was cool, but it comes with these hidden risks. For example, a couple of times I wasn't paid at all. Right. Or I was paid late. It was also hard to find good clients. And if you're always working on a project, you don't have time to stop and find new clients. Right. You don't have time to promote your work. And if you get caught in this loop of just working, 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 five years are going to pass by and you're only working in bad projects because you don't have the time to stop and find better clients. That's another problem with contracting. If you don't plan well, you have no holidays. For six years in my career, I had no holidays. And that also can have health implications. But as a contractor, we won't have healthcare. No sick leave. Right. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you may end up doing 10 jobs at a time. You need to do the accounting. You need to prospect new clients. You need to charge the current clients you have. You need to deal with contracts. You know, it's a lot of work, extra work that you don't have when you are an employee. Yep. Or you need to deal with taxes. There's all this extra work. All this extra work you need to do that when you put on paper, I'm not sure you're making more money as a contractor than as an employee. You need to actually do the math right. and see if it makes sense to you. As I said, you may earn double, but work triple. That's not what you want. You should find ways to deliver better work, more value, so you can earn more money, but working less. Test-driven development, pairing, CI, CD, those are the things that make you productive in the long run. Yeah. Not just in a day's time, in a week's time, but in year's time. Then you can make more money by working less. And as a contractor, you also don't want to join the race to the bottom. Right. As a contractor, people normally compete by price, right? Freelancing platforms have huge incentives for you to compete by price. If someone's charging $30 an hour and you want to compete with them, you're going to charge $29. And then someone else is going to charge $28. And suddenly, you're working for free yep. or you're paying to work. You don't want to join that. As we say here many times, you don't want to be hired because you are the cheapest, but because you are the best for the job. And sure, some companies just want the cheapest, but you don't want to work for those companies. There are companies that are looking for the best for the job, and you can negotiate a much better deal with them. But you need to stay true to what you want, and you're going to have to say no to a bunch of opportunities. So avoid those freelancing platforms if you are a contractor, because there's always someone willing to take more shortcuts and charge less. Yes. And how can you escape this race to the bottom as a contractor? As we said many times, a good reputation. You need to build a good reputation that will bring clients, good clients, to you instead of you having to run after them. And this takes time. Dependency inversion. <laughs> yes. It takes time to build a reputation. 
but it's just not gonna happen with time. You need to take action. That's why we keep pushing you to promote yourself in your work. Are you giving talks? Are you consistently helping others in the community? Are you consistently sharing knowledge and promoting yourself online? If you are, people know your name, know that you're always helping people, know that you produce great work, you have much more chances of finding good companies. They will find you. Yes. Otherwise, you're going to be running after opportunities. Exactly. And, and you're going to subject yourself into this bad luck kind of period you are right now. Like what you just said, these are actionable steps that are part of a plan. So that can help you not to find yourself in such a situation, right? Or if you find yourself in such a situation, how you can escape it as soon as possible and not rely on luck. Like, oh, okay, the next team is a good team and the next team is a bad team. Like, no, you want to minimize the probability of finding toxic environments. I don't mind about bad code bases because, yeah, you have a bad code base, you make it better. The problem is a toxic right. environment. Yeah. Like, there's no way around bad code bases. It will happen. Yeah. But you don't want to be around toxic people. They want to take advantage of you. That's the problem. So regardless if you're going to take a contracting position or a permanent employment position, you want to be in a place where you have influence, where you can help make things better. And you need to promote yourself. I know... When you joined the workforce, when you became a developer, you didn't sign up to have to promote yourself, to <laughs> right. have to, you know. Yeah. I know a lot of people don't like it, but it's limiting your options. Because now you're repeating over and over, looking for a job, go to a bunch of interviews, and you need to rush because you need to pay your bills. So you need to find a job quickly, but you also don't have a lot of time to study, and you lost passion for your job. So you, you get caught on this negative loop that doesn't let you get better opportunities, get yeah. what you want. Because you keep repeating the same thing, you're going to get the same results. You need to do something different. You need to take action. It is hard to create projects, give talks. You might be shy. I am super shy. It was super hard for me to start making YouTube videos. It still is. Every time I have to come here and record a podcast, I don't feel comfortable at all. I have like internal battles with myself. But I know I'm going to help others. Yeah. And I know it will come back to me at some point as well. So that's the point. You need to take action if you want things to improve. If you keep doing the same thing, you can try contracting, you can try permanent employment. You might end up in the same place. Yeah, that, this is a very high probability of repeating. Unfortunately. So when I was in that position and people gave me the advice I'm giving you, I had to take a leap of faith because... What? Writing a blog, having a podcast or giving talks is going to help me? No, this is not going to help my problem. It felt like it wouldn't, but it does. Yeah. It does. That's why people do it, you know? Instead of thinking just about yourself, start thinking, how can I help others? Because when you put the energy in helping others, one, it's much easier to go through adversity and you will take the lead. It's what will help you break this cycle. Yes. That's why I think it's important to avoid feeling sorry for yourself and taking action. It's not easy. But action is what is going to make things change. Do something different to get different results. Not just that, but you need to also put yourself in a perspective with like the whole market and the whole industry and understand that if everyone is going through these problems mm -hmm. and then you know how to form an actionable plan and get out of them then you have a tremendous edge so this is going to help you tremendously you know like not just you anyone anyone like this information is free you know like we we have it in so many podcasts <laughs> we say it out loud you know this works so anyone who is going to follow these these steps i think they're gonna have a better luck let's say better luck than others and that's why it works it works because it's hard yeah and exactly. only a few will do it exactly exactly that's it enough will do it
Yeah. Yeah. And from the time I got this advice and I actually started doing it, that's like a year's gap. Year's gap. Because I was stubborn. Right. <laughs> I thought it wouldn't help me. I thought like, no, yeah. that's not the solution. Classic. The solution is to keep doing what I'm doing, working hard, working extra hours, being unhappy, being in a bad job with like toxic people. And it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. Now, your story I see as very different because you are the person when you find a mentor and they give you advice, you just follow it and you get results. Yeah. No, I have to hit my head many times <laughs> until I realize that, yes, I need to change. So I see that difference between me and you. You follow the advice and then you get results. Simple as that. And I'm stubborn. I don't do it. And then I hit my head many times until I realize that, yes, I have to do it. And then I do it. <laughs> so the last couple of years I've been changing. I've been finding good advice and then I follow them. And what happens? I get results. That's it. Yep. That's it. Don't be stubborn like I was. <laughs> so next part of the story he mentions that he developed some health issues due to the stress of course and he decided to switch jobs after five months and he says it's very unusual for him to switch jobs such a short amount of time yes but he was getting out of the toxic environment so again if you are in a toxic environment and you can leave leave as soon as possible that's very brave and rare as well. I don't think many people will will exit the toxic environment and repeat that a couple more times. And I, I believe he mentions that he was afraid of the gaps there, you know, like in his CV. So I think that's why many people don't do it in the first place. But just the fact to actually, you know, receive an offer go to the office for a week for two weeks and afterwards say, you know what, like, this is not for me. Good luck, everyone. I, I mean, this is, this is tremendous. It takes tremendous courage. Yes, but you don't want to be repeating it over and over. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's not because you, you can't do it. You should do it. <laughs> yes. And it may happen. Maybe you're going to have one, two, three jobs in a row they're not going to be happy with. Yes. But probably you are following the same steps, right? Maybe try something different. Then you may get different results. And then he mentions that he received access to the code in advance. And he could see already that the code base was not as good as he was told during the interview process. And he's afraid he's not going to be happy there again. Yes. So most projects out there are a mess. Yep. But that's fine. That's the job. Right, so don't blame others. That's a huge opportunity exactly. to make things better. Yes. That's the job. Use your skills. If you can see that something can be better, it probably means you have the skills to make it better. So you can use that, can use the skills, can contribute, can bring value to the marketplace. Yes. That's how you achieve the status legend in the local <laughs> society of the company that's it everything's a mess good make it better yeah. that's the job the job is not to get a perfect project and keep it perfect that's unreal yes the job is to get messy requirements messy code bases messy teams and make things better and make it work that's it that's the job. No blame. Again, there are steps, you know, like in the evolution of a developer. And I get I get exactly what he's talking about, you know, because once you learn about the good practices, the agile practices, the stability, you just, you know, like you're hooked. You just want <laughs> the code bases, all code bases you work on to look like that, you know, like clean, neat. And then you step on the on the real world and say, "What is this? Like, I don't want, I don't want to be part of this." Yeah, it's common in in everything you learn. Everything yes. you learn. Let's say you dedicated your life to be very good at grammar. Now, everywhere you look, you're gonna see bad grammar. 
because not everyone dedicated so much time as you did to master that. This happens with everything. When you see the light for the first time, when you find the light, you can only see darkness around, but that's that's the job. Now you have to bring light exactly to the darkness. Exactly. That's it. And you're probably taking lower positions than you should. That's what I think the problem is. Right? It's like someone that is stuck in first grade. Right. All you see are a bunch of kids messing around, <laughs> having fun, making a mess. So maybe it's time for us to take the lead and help others. Yeah. It's time to graduate. Yeah. Yeah. Did that make sense? Yeah, exactly. Well said. Like you learned, now go fix it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Don't wait to be picked. Don't wait to be picked by the perfect team in the perfect project. Take the lead and help others improve things. Right? If you look around and all you see is a mess, it's easy to feel trapped. Everything's bad. No one writes code well. You know, it's very easy to get caught on this loop where you only see negative around you. No, look as a positive. Look negative as opportunities to make things better. I would say the positive is going to come when there, when you stop comparing, you know, like what I have right now as to what it should be, you know, or <laughs> where I should be working at and stuff like that, you know. So just, you know, acceptance. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> this is what I have in front of me. I I know I have the skills. These guys in the podcast, they say, I have the skills, just go and do it. You know, it's very simple. And just to be clear, it's not, oh, let's accept everything is bad and let's move on. No, accept the responsibility yeah. to make things better. Yeah. Right? Everywhere you go, things will be better. So you're going to leave a mark. Everywhere you go, everything you touch will become gold. Make this your life mission. Yeah. So that's also how you build your reputation. Always make things better than it was before. Because while you're waiting to be picked or to find the best perfect project, you're probably missing the chance to make a real impact. The real impact of making things better, taking the lead. So instead of waiting, choose to help others. Take the lead. And if you can find good teams, good. Build one. That's the opportunity. Absolutely. That's the opportunity. Take the lead. Now, next part. He's afraid of changing again because he may not look good on his CV. Mm -hmm. I know this is a common thing in the industry to think that these holes on your CV will be bad for you. But in my experience, a toxic environment is much worse. It's much worse for you than a hole in your CV. Yep. It's worse because you won't be improving your skills, you will lose passion for your job, you won't do a great job, you won't be happy. That's why it's worse. Oh, it's a hole in the CV. Sure, some companies may, may ask you, like, what happened here? Well, just say the truth. Exactly. <laughs> just say the truth. Don't say bad things about other companies. Don't blame, again. Don't say, oh, I, I was working for this company, everyone was terrible there, the code base was a mess. Like, no, no one want to hear yeah. blame. That's not the case. No. You just say the truth. That you're looking for an opportunity where you can grow, where you can take the lead and have a huge impact. And there you are willing to do what it takes. But you need to be willing to do what it takes. And if I'm an employer and I find someone with the skills I need and they have holes in the CV... But I, I think this person is going to help the team. It's going to help the business grow. I will hire them and make sure I don't lose them. Yeah. I see as my job to make incentives in my company to keep good employees. Because I know they're going to leave. A, players will leave. Yes. If they don't have good environment, why they will leave? Because they know they can get a better job. Yes. Because they have the skills, they have the confidence. They know their value. And That's it. they're not afraid to take chances because they know what the market is looking for. Yeah. That's it. Very simple. Well said. So, again, you need to take the lead and help others make things better. 
But if you find yourself in a toxic environment, leave. Leave because it... Don't, don't even think twice. Yeah. Because like, it's worse to be in a toxic environment. They'll make you lose passion for a job. Then to just deal with a hole in your CV. I'll ask a question here for anyone who is thinking about doing that. Like, when do you know is the right time to leave? For example, is it like three months? Is it four months? Is it six months? 12 months? 18 months? You know? Yes. So that's the problem there I, that I have found. Uh, you, and, and I think you don't want to be there. Like, you don't want to be in this situation. I'm not saying you're not going to face such a situation, right? You're going to find yourself most probably. But you need to establish some sort of a protocol, you know, yes. <laughs> that you're not going to let yourself ask these questions because you can always defer, right? You can push the line just a little bit further because in your head, you know, bad things might happen. Yeah, well, bad things might happen all the time, right? That's not a, that's not a reason to... To say most probably. Yeah, I think everyone has a different number of the proper minimum amount of time right. you should yeah. stay in a company. Yeah. I heard people saying six months, eight months, 12 months, 18 months. There's just random numbers. Yeah. It makes no sense. Every time you join a job, there's probably a probation time. Right. Where both sides can decide to leave. Yeah. And I like this probation time. It's usually three months mm -hmm. here in London. And for me, it's perfect. It's a perfect time where you can go there. For three months, you can work with them. And if they don't like your job, they can say, thank you for your service. That's it. And the same, if you don't like the team, don't, the project, you don't feel like you're going to grow in the company, you can also say, thank you very much for the opportunity, but I'll be taking another position. Yeah. And that's it. Yep. So three months, two months, sometimes a month is enough. Sometimes a week is enough to say like, no, I'm not going to work here. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's, no. <laughs> but that's why there is a probation time. There's a probation period. It's for both sides to make a decision. A lot of people think it's just a company trying to, to have a leeway to, to fire someone with no consequences. But no, I see it as both sides' safety. Yeah. Because when you find a good employer and the employer finds a good employee... They don't want to break the contract. They want to stay together. It's a win-win situation, and that's what you're looking for. If it's not win-win, you leave. If you can. <laughs> and you may take a short-term hit when you leave a company. Right? Maybe a financial hit. But your career, your life, is not short-term. Your health. Your health. It's long-term, right? It's an infinite game. Getting a job is a finite goal. You go get the job and that's it. Go achieved. But your career, it's infinite. You're always progressing. You should be always growing. Your life, you should always be improving as well. Yes. Financially, you should become wealthy, wiser, stronger, healthier, right? But it's only going to happen if you set those goals and you work and take action towards them. Yes. Every day, which is the topic of the next part, when he mentions that he's not sure if financially it's a wise idea to be unemployed and looking for better options. And that's right. Maybe it's not a wise idea to leave financially. If you have a lot of debt, if you have a mortgage, if you have to stick to your promises, you know, maybe you have to take the heat at the moment and cope with it. Like, I'm not going to lie that, no, things should be amazing. You should enjoy your job. Everything should be perfect. <laughs> I see a lot of people saying that, but sometimes like, no, I have to pay bills. And that's true. Yeah. If you are in this situation, you don't have a lot of opportunities and you need this job, you should probably stay at the job. Yeah. Even if you don't like it. Very simple. <laughs> if you need it, you do it. Yeah. You do it until you have a way out. Yes. Right? So, you need to assess your situation. And if you don't have a way out, you, you build one. Yeah. And if you're working for a bad boss, you don't have a way out yet, you're going to do your best Yes. for a bad boss. You're going to do your best. Always do your best, regardless of the situation. Because sometimes 
you don't want to do your best because my boss doesn't deserve it, because this team doesn't deserve it, this company doesn't deserve it. But it's going to come back to you. Yes. Because you're not going to be building your skills. You're not going to have a good portfolio of things to show. You're not going to get good recommendations. And maybe by doing a great job, the bad boss will not be that bad anymore. Maybe you're going to find out that actually they just have a big ego and with time, right. but since you always did your best and you always over-delivered, you build a great relationship with this boss. And this happens all the time. It's a mindset shift yep. to always do your best regardless of the situation because that's what's going to get you out of bad situations. Again, do your best. Help others regardless of the situation. So I'd like to break this down, the financial problem. Let's say in three levels. There's level one, when you have no resources and not a lot of choices. What do you do? I'm working for a bad boss, but I need a job. I don't have other choices. Well, you don't have other choices, so you have no problem. That's it. You stay. That's it. <laughs> you may have to accept the situation right now while you build some assets to give you some leeway to leave, to escape that. Now, situation number two. You are comfortable, you have some resources, you have some savings in the bank. Not enough that you can stop working, but, I mean, you have freedom of choice because you don't have to rush. Right. That's a good place to be. So if you are in position one with no resources and no choices, you need to be working towards having a safe net, having some savings, building some assets, which is step two. And then you use those assets wisely to build wealth, which is step three. When you have loads of resources and you don't need to work anymore, you work with what you want to do. You work because you like it. Yeah. That's the difference. Why are so many millionaires, billionaires still work? They don't have to. They do it because they enjoy it. They love it. Well, some. Some still hate it. They just do it because right. they are <laughs> stuck in a loop. <laughs> but that's the idea. Like You need to understand which situation I'm, I'm in. Do I have enough resources so I can take more risk and find better opportunities? No. I should build those resources. Do I have those resources? Yes, I should. Now, work towards my financial freedom. Because when you have resources, now you can make better decisions. You're not rushing to find a job anymore. Because you can wait. You can wait. You don't have to accept the first job that shows up. So if you have debt and a mortgage, you may need to accept a bad job right now. Well, that's temporary. You're going to be doing your best, regardless if it's a bad boss, regardless if it's a bad company, a bad team. It's your only choice. Yep. It's like blaming the winter. <laughs> what can you do? Don't blame the seasons. <laughs> They're going to come every year. Yeah. Just be prepared for it. And if you're not, prepare better next time. Yeah. That's it. And build an emergency reserve. Usually enough to cover from between 6 to 12 months of your normal expenses. So you need to find out how much do you spend per month. Build an emergency reserve of 6 to 12 months. Usually six months if you are a permanent employee, you have a stable job, and 12 months if you are a contractor because you have less stable paycheck. So this is your safety net. So next time you're looking for a job, you're not afraid of stopping, studying, yeah. and finding better opportunities, promoting yourself, enriching your skill set. Build the emergency reserve because then you won't be afraid of losing your job anymore. Exactly. And when you're not afraid, you clear your mind to make better decisions. You're more confident. And this shows in interviews. Yes. It makes a lot of difference. Yes. Because you have inverted the dependency there. <laughs> yes. That's it. But while you're not there, set this goal. Build this safe net. Build your emergency reserve. So not afraid anymore. And when you have this goal, you have a goal. I'm working in this bad job because I'm building my emergency reserve because this is going to give you my freedom. You go to work happier. 
I guarantee you. Because you have a good reason to go to exactly. work. Exactly. You have a goal. <laughs> you have a goal. And do your best regardless of your boss. Every day. You're doing it for you, for yourself and for your family. You're building up your assets. And I believe you find out that your bad boss may not be as bad as you think when you have this mindset. And keep building your assets. Okay, you have an emergency reserve. Awesome. What do you do now? Got a good job. Got a better job. You still have your emergency reserve. You keep building your assets. So you don't need to work anymore. So you don't work because you need to. You will work if you want to. Right. That's what you should be going towards. The final level. Financial freedom. So assess which stage you are. Make a plan. And it's going to require effort, so take action. So the next part, he mentions that programming is not fun anymore. He was used to reading books, programming until late at night, but he doesn't do it anymore. And this is problematic when you get home from work and you just, you know, I, I don't have energy to do anything else. I'm just going to watch some like stupid shows on Netflix and, and that's it. That's it. Like, I, I, I don't have the energy to study, to read books. Like, no, no. I just don't want to think about it. Yeah. Don't want to think about it. So that's the problem. If you lose passion for your job, you stop studying, progressing, and probably doing a great job. Because what's the point? But if you stop studying, progressing, and doing a great job, you'll be stuck in those jobs you don't like. Yes. Yes. And that's why... I believe you should commit to always doing your best, regardless of the circumstances. Because otherwise, it, it goes against you. Yes. When, when uh, you are presented with a choice of um, when you come back from work, for example, and you can either study your favorite author, your favorite programmer, whatever, or watch a... Um, TV show, you you feel like uh, you deserve the TV show because you had like you have to deal with all the bad things at work that you don't deserve, and you should have you know like a better code base or a better team to work uh, with. But that's not the case. Like this is a key point here, you know, because uh, if you understand that, then you can accelerate the process. If, if you keep yourself on the path, you can accelerate the process of becoming better and overcoming this obstacle at the moment uh, in your life. But yeah, I think it's very common and everything in, in, your, <laughs> in your system, you know, is going to say, no, you deserve, you deserve to watch um, Netflix or Prime or whatever, you know, like, or YouTube. Uh, just do the easy thing, just, just a little bit, you know. But, and I'm not against, you know, entertainment, right? I'm not saying of you, course. You, you shouldn't do it, right? I'm just saying like, yeah, make sure that you study, make sure uh, that you keep evolving, that you keep growing, uh, because like, ultimately, this is what's going to lead to, <laughs> yeah, to, to the next level, to the next job, to whatever your goals are. That's it. Of course, we need entertainment. Yeah. But we also need to invest time in making ourselves better. Not just career-wise, but you also need to exercise. Yeah. You should have time for your family. You know? It's not just about the job. It's not just about the money. It's about fulfillment. Because you can make all the money in the world and be unhappy. That's it. What about it? <laughs> That's it. And in the beginning of the podcast, you mentioned that it's not just the IT industries, like all industries. If you take each one individual, you know, and just interview them about these problems, I believe you're gonna you're gonna find that the vast majority they're just not fulfilled in their in their jobs and they face similar problems. So it's everywhere. It's it's like a human problem. It's not an IT problem. It's not a code-based problem. It's a human, it you know. 
and yeah, like after you take care of your biological needs and, you know, then you need fulfillment. That's true. Yep. And it's hard, but you need to regain the passion for your job. And I think one way you can do it is to see the negatives you see right now as opportunities. Yes. If you see that every code I interact with is bad, your job is to make it better. Yes. No, fall in love with that. Otherwise, you are asking the wrong questions. If you're asking the wrong questions, you're going to get the wrong answers. If you're looking for the perfect project, if you're looking for easy, yeah. <laughs> those are the wrong questions. Yes. Because fulfillment is not easy. You're not fulfilled when you achieve something that was easy. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Fulfillment comes from bypassing adversity. That's it. And achieving the goal by doing hard things. Meaningful things, not just hard. Yeah. So that's why it requires action, effort. Without effort, there's no fulfillment. Productive suffering. This is the feeling that you get. <laughs> so do your best every day. Set your goals and start building your assets. And again, don't go after money alone because you can become super rich and unhappy at the same time. So don't choose jobs based on salary only. Salary is important. You have goals in life that require the money, but shouldn't be the only thing you look for. Because in the long run, you may lose passion for your job. And then it's going to be much harder to progress and increase your salary. It goes against you. If you do your best every day and you keep improving, with time the money will come. It will come. There's no way around it. So get good at finding the positive. And instead of looking at negatives as bad, look at them as opportunities to improve. That's going to bring fulfillment. Do the hard job, do the hard things, the necessary things. Code base is bad. Good, make it better. You cannot find good teams. Take the lead, build those teams. Look for lead opportunities rather than looking for senior or mid positions. Yes. Because maybe you're just afraid of taking the leap and graduating, going to the next level. It's time. And I think that's it for this episode. Hopefully, we are bringing some light to those issues. Those are real issues. I don't want to diminish anything you're feeling right now because this is hard. So... If you need help, you should look for help. Thanks for sending this question to us. Thanks for trusting us with your story. We really respect that. I respect you looking for a better job, for better opportunities, for a better career. And it's not easy, but it's possible. Yeah. Create a plan and follow it. That's it. And this is going to do it for this edition of the iOS Lead Essentials podcast. Let us know your thoughts, your comments, and your questions. We'll see you again next time. Bye, y'all. See ya.